0: Let's take our Bibles. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin." Decisions can be motivated by a lot of things. Decisions can be motivated by desire, passions that we want to pursue, things that we enjoy. It can be motivated by fear, fear of certain consequences or different events that might take place. Sometimes we're motivated by personal gain, wealth, possessions. But when we look in the book of Hebrews, it's showing that the best and most fitting decisions that we make are decisions that are not necessarily based on desire, not based in fear, not based in greed or pursuit of wealth, but rather based on faith. it really focuses on in this passage is that because of their faith, they made certain decisions. It starts with Moses' parents. And it says, because they saw that he was a beautiful child, they chose to go against Pharaoh... If you remember from the history of what's going on at that point, Israel is in Egypt. And Israel started out in Egypt in a place of prominence because of their brother Joseph. Their, Joseph. their brother Joseph had rescued the world from a famine and in so doing rescued his family from famine as well. And then he moved his family, which was the sons of Israel, to Egypt where he could provide for them, care for them. And his family did well there during the life of Joseph. After Joseph died... And that Pharaoh died. Then another Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. And he began to grow concerned about the children of Israel because they were growing so quickly. He said if they become too many and somebody comes and tries to attack us, they might join our attackers against us. And so he felt threatened. And so he made a decision based on fear. He chose to do a very wicked thing and he decided to begin to get rid of all the infants that were born to the Israelites that were male. They could keep their female babies, but all the males would be thrown into the river. Well, it was during this time that Moses was born. And his parents, not motivated by fear, his parents, motivated by faith, decided they would hide that child. That was was quite a decision. But they would reject operating out of fear and they would operate out of faith. A little while down the road, when Moses grows up, Moses would do the same thing. It says he was not afraid of the king's edict he also would reject making decisions based on fear, and he would operate based on faith as well. The Bible throughout it calls us on many different occasions to make that same kind of decision. Probably the most famous Bible verse in, in In this context, is probably found in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Deuteronomy, under the leadership of Moses, when he's encouraging the Israelites, same thing about 40 years earlier says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and a curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. I think of Elijah in 1 Kings. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. He says, look, make up your minds. And what he's calling upon them to do is exactly what the author of Hebrews is calling these people to do. It's exactly what Joshua did. It's exactly what Moses did. And that is to make a decision of faith. And that's what we're considering this morning. Now as we look through this passage, there are five different ways that we're going to point out that faith impacts our decisions. And most of them are put in a a negative light. It says that Moses refused. And so the first four out of the five are refusals. The first one that we see is that faith refuses... The world's prestige. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, when you think about this, remember Moses was born to who? He was born to slaves. His parents were in bondage in Israel. At this time, Israel had been in slavery within Egypt for 400 years. And so he has a long lineage of slaves that he came from. Not too prestigious. But what happens is, Moses' parents hide him for about as long as you can hide a baby. I think he might have been pushing the envelope a little bit. They hid him for three months. Can you imagine trying to hide a baby for three months? A baby that when they're hungry, they cry. When they need change, they cry. <laughs> when the, anything is discomfort, they cry. When they want to be held a certain way, they cry. When they want to be bounced a certain way, they cry. They're noisy little creatures. And you've got to try to hide that for three months. Well, they they hid him for about as long as they could. I think when they finally realized the hiding time is coming to an end, they took him and they made a little basket of bulrushes and they put him out in the river and they sent him down the river. I don't, I don't think just a case of rosserah or come what it will be, but they sent him down to where Pharaoh's daughter was taking a bath. And she sees this basket coming by and she has him bring it over. And of course, as soon as they pull back the lid on the basket, Moses lets out a little cry and her heart melts. And she says, can I keep it? Pharaoh says, yeah, you can keep it. And so Moses is raised in the palace. He's raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You never want to go up against God. He makes you look foolish. Pharaoh, who's trying to get rid of the boys, ends up raising this boy Israelite right in his his palace. He's doing this to try to keep Israel in bondage and slavery and keep them becoming strong enough to either leave or to join their enemies and attack them. And he will raise the man that will deliver them. Not only that, his sister follows along because she wants to make sure the baby stays safe. And when she sees Pharaoh's daughter and her response toward the baby, she goes up to Pharaoh's daughter and says, do you want me to go find you somebody to nurse him? And so Moses' mom gets to come into the palace and raise Moses pretty much as her own within the palace there under Pharaoh's daughter. And so she doesn't even lose the opportunity to be with her, be with her child as he's growing up. But Moses is born to slaves. But he gets brought into the palace and treated as Pharaoh's daughter's son. And he gets raised with all of the... It's like being raised in lifestyles of the rich and famous. The amount of wealth, the amount of comfort, the amount of pleasure. The palace is the best shot for all of it. The access to power. He's got access to everything there at the palace. But what does it say? It says when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That is the connection where, worldly speaking, he has... Any claim to being anybody. Everything outside of Pharaoh's daughter is slavery. But he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, he refused the world's prestige. And you know what? That's the, that's the way we need to be. Our, our who we are is not uh, accomplished by the amount of applause that we get from the world. We get our where we fit in this world, not based upon how much the world pats us on the back. Or how much the world thinks we're doing a good thing or going the right direction. In fact, that can be an indication of the wrong direction. But we need to look at finding our fulfillment, finding our commendation from God. And remember from back at the beginning of this discussion on faith, that's really what he points to. He says it's through faith that we're commended by God. In other words, God approves of us in those things. And that's what it is through faith that we can seek God's approval. And that's the approval that we want. That's what Moses was seeking. He didn't care to be called the grandson of Pharaoh or the, or the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He would rather be known with the people of God as the slaves. And so that's what guided his decision. When he made his decision, he was not swayed by the prestige of the world. We see that also in other people's lives in the Bible. We see in the book of Philippians in chapter 3, the Apostle Paul talking about his own life. And if you remember, the Apostle Paul was, he was kind of climbing the ladder when he became a Christian. He was doing well. He says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to the zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. This was really something for Paul to be able to claim these things. These were the things that were looked up to he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was, he was somebody in Israel. And in his world, in his circle of influence, he had power, he had position, he had influence. He was climbing the ladder of success and doing very well at it. But notice what he says after that. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. You see what he's saying? He's saying, look, I had, I had everything. I had all the prestige that the world had to offer me. I counted it all as garbage, as rubbish that I might have Christ. We also see in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 18, he says, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. So he wasn't looking for the approval of mankind. He wasn't looking for the approval or the prestige that the world had to offer. He was looking for the approval, the commendation of God in his life. Now I remember somebody telling me once years ago, God plus you always equals a majority. And that's helped me. Because there's been times in my life where I have to make a decision or I have to take a stand or I have to do something because of my relationship with God and I know that it may not be taken well or it may not go well with people. And those times are tough. Those times you, you pray a lot and you scour God's Word to make sure your understanding of it is right. And then you go forward and you stand with God and you let the chips fall where they may. You know what? That's, that's what we got to be like. That's the way Moses was. That's the way the Apostle Paul was. Jesus told us, Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. He said, When everybody when the world is patting you on the back, you better you better question why. Because the world as a whole is not headed in God's direction. In fact he gave two examples to this. He told us that when we are persecuted for his sake, he says you're in good company. Because that's how they treated the prophets of God. But when everybody's speaking well of you, you better watch out. Because that's what they did with the false prophets. A decision of faith, how does it impact our decision making? Well, first of all, we will, or we will refuse the world's prestige. Well, secondly, we also see within the passage that faith refuses the world's pleasures. It says in verse 25, "...choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin." He did not use pleasure as the basis for his decision because he's looking at being mistreated on one hand, which is not, that ple- not pleasurable. Or the lifestyle in the palace, which would have been very pleasurable. And, you know, let's face it, there are things about sin that are attractive, that are appealing, that are pleasurable. If it wasn't the case, we wouldn't have any problem with temptation. But notice within the passage, it recognizes one of the qualities of sin. And that is, it says, fleeting. The fleeting pleasures of sin. And, you know, I I think that you would probably agree with me if you stop and think about the sins that you've had in your life or I think about the sins that I've had in my life, is that the pleasures of those sins is fleeting. It does disappear rather quickly. I think that's what leads us either going deeper and farther into trouble or hopefully turn the other way and get out of it. But I've noticed with sin in my life that something that claims to be pleasurable, that when you actually give in and participate in that thing, then very shortly you begin to feel guilt and other feelings that go along with that as well. And the little bit of pleasure you had for the moment vanishes away. And it leaves you struggling with guilt and shame. leaves you struggling with other consequences that might come from whatever that particular sin is. My dad doesn't really open up a lot. You know, when when you're a kid and you fell and you got hurt, he said uh, rub some dirt on it. I remember one time we were in a truck on the way back from a fishing trip and my dad's friend that was on the fishing trip with us had a little bit too much to drink and he decided it was time for us boys that were in the truck to get our sex talk. And it wasn't a good situation. My dad kept trying to shut him up and he and it went back and forth a little bit for a little, a little while and then anyway we got home. And my dad must have been feeling compelled by that to fix problems that this guy might have created in this discussion. He just comes to me and he says, Greg... I want to tell you one thing. So for 20 minutes of fun, you can ruin your life. And you turned around and he walked away. That was it. That was my whole sex talk as a teenager. 20 minutes of fun, you can ruin your life. What was the point that he was making? What can come from getting involved in sexuality as a teenager? There's a lot of things that can come from it. A child would be one of them. Sexually tr- transmitted diseases, the emotional problems, struggling with, with those kinds of things. There's, there's a whole host of bad consequences that can come with getting involved sexually as a teenager. And he just made that simple point to me. It offers a pleasure. It's short. There's a real danger of problems that are lifelong. You better think this through. And that's exactly what Moses had the ability to see. He looked at all the pleasures that he could have participated in and that that, that palace life afforded him. And he said, you know what? It's not worth it. They're fleeting. They're, they're short. They're, they're momentary. And they're wrong. They come with a price. And so he would forsake the pleasures that were offered in the palace to make his decision of faith to stand with God. Well, not only do we see that the that faith refuses the world's prestige, it refuses the world's pleasures. It also refuses the world's perspective. And here's where I think it gets right back to the point. I know we've hit on this kind of a few times, but it, uh, this is the crucial part. Moses saw things differently. And that's what faith does. Faith Caused us to see things differently. You remember earlier, we've recognized several times through the passage, and one of our first points was faith gives you ability to see the invisible. Well, Moses is attributed to that too as seeing Him who is invisible. Moses' perspective. Verse 26, He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Moses was looking at the palace life which he had for his whole life. The treasures of the palace do not appeal to me like the treasures of Christ. What I have in Christ is so much more valuable to me than what I can have in the world. It's that perspective that really shapes our decisions. What things do we value as high and what things do we not see as high? And those are the things that contribute to our decisions. I remember when when we first started a family. Lisa and I were married and we were having children. And there's decisions, lots of decisions to be made at, at that time. And I remember one of our early decisions was we decided that that we were going to be home for our kids. That if we worked, if we both worked, we would work opposite shifts. And so one of us was always there to take care of our kids. I'm not saying it's the only way to do it, the only right way to do it. I'm just saying that's a decision that we made. And why did we make that decision? For most of the time, there were times when we both worked and we worked opposite shifts. It stunk because then we didn't see each other that much. So that didn't last very long. Most of the time of our marriage, she stayed at home, and I worked. And you know what? We made it. We didn't drive new cars. We didn't live in big homes. It it would be many years before we would ever own our first home. And when that was the case, we had to completely gut the thing and (laughs) rebuild it because it was a $27,000 house. And so we didn't live high on the hog, but we realized we could make it. There was a time when I was making $4.50 an hour. Of course, it was 30 years ago where money went a little bit farther. $4.50 $4.50 an hour, and that was our only income, and we made it. I remember talking to people at different occasions that were making similar decisions, and I remember sometimes people would say, you know what, well, we'd love to have uh, be a single-income family too, but you know what, if you could just afford it. And I would think, what do you mean if you can just afford it? Obviously you can just afford it because we're affording it, and we live in the same culture you do. You would have to downsize, probably go to a smaller house Maybe down to one car. Most, a lot of our life, we just had one car. Buy used stuff, not fancy clothes. You might have to downsize, but it can be done. But see, here's the difference. And I'm not saying that they're right, wrong and I'm right in this at all. It's just an example. What was the difference? They valued for their family, and I think they made honest decisions, for their family, they valued to have a nicer home, probably more dependable vehicles, decent clothes, which I mean, we always dress decent, that's what they valued for their family. In our family, we valued the kids to be with mom or with dad. That we would be the ones there when they took their first step, when they said their first word. And so we knew at any time we could both go to work and we could make a lot more money and we could have a bigger house and a new car. But you know what? It just wasn't appealing to us. Not that we wouldn't have liked to have those things, but, but the the real value for us was in this kind of a lifestyle. And the real value for them was in a little bit different kind of a lifestyle. But it's in what, how you value things, your perspective on those things that shapes your decision. And what do we see in Moses? Moses had a different perspective. What did he value? He didn't value the treasures of the palace. He didn't value the pleasures of the palace. He didn't value the prestige of the palace. What did he value? You see, his perspective was he saw value in Christ. He saw value in the people of God, basically a nation of slaves. But he said, that's where the greater value is. That's where I want to be. Leave pleasure. Embrace persecution. You see what he's saying? God is better. It's like he's been saying all along. Anything that you can get from this world compared to having God, having Christ in your life. Christ is better. And that's now here's the question. Because notice, notice what it says, Moses considered. It says there in verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. We've, we've seen that phrase before. and We've even pointed it out. Sarah considered God to be faithful. Abraham considered that even if God had to raise Isaac from the dead, he would keep his promise. Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Here's the question. What do you consider? How do you think? What is your perspective? If you could gain Christ, but it would cost you everything, would you take it? You see, that's what makes a decision for you right there. The Apostle Paul gained Christ. Went from being a powerful man to being a persecuted man. He went from climbing the ladder of success in the realm in the world that he was living in to being a reproach among them. And a hunted person. Somebody they were trying to get rid of. He was the guy that you wanted at everything before. Now he's the guy you want rid of. He went through all that. He cast it all away. Everything that he has considered it rubbish. So that he would gain Christ. The song that Jesse sang talked about people that were willing to, even at the cost of their life, stand for Christ. Pledge allegiance to the Lamb. What do we consider more valuable. Because i guarantee you in this life of making decisions, if you're going to make decisions based on faith, it's going to cost you. There's times it's going to cost relationships. There's times it's going to cost finances. There's costs to living by faith. It's all going to come down to this, this matter of perspective. How do you see it? What, where? Are you? What do you value? Jesus told us we're foolish if we value the wealth of the world because it's so temporary. Rust these things up. Moths eat things up. It's temporary. Everything in this world is temporary. But everything that we have in Christ is eternal. It will go on forever. It's not about not having a treasure. It's about treasuring the right things. About having the treasure in the right place. Well, not only does faith refuse the world's perspective, but faith refuses the world's pressures. Now for this one, we'll look at Moses' parents and with Moses himself. Because notice, with Moses' parents, they, they did what they did, not fearing the king's edict. Which, I mean, the king has a lot of power. Could have cost them dearly, even their lives, if they got caught. But they, it says that they did not fear him. In other words, they would not cave in to that fear, to the, the pressure. You know what fear is? It's pressure from the world. It's pressure, we feel pressure to do a certain thing, or else something bad is going to happen. And it says the same thing about Moses that it says about his parents. That's really cool when I think about it. That means that hopefully the same positive qualities that are within us will be within our children. If Moses' parents did not cave to the pressures of the world, this pressure coming from fear, they did the right thing. And Moses, when he grows up, what do you see him doing? The right thing. It says that when he was grown up, he did not fear the king. He took action. He stood up when he needed to stand up, not having a fear of what the king would do to him. So you see, he didn't give in to the world's pressures. You know what? The world constantly applies pressure to you as a believer. There is this world system that has this way of thinking, this mindset. And if you don't fit that mindset, it tries to kind of pressure, press and conform you into that mold. That's why in Romans chapter 12, in the first two verses, the Apostle Paul would tell us, stop being conformed to this world. Don't allow the world, that, the word that he uses means to be molded from the outside, pressing you into this mold, this image. He said, stop being conformed by the world, but rather be transformed, different word, it's the word we get our word metamorphosis from, which means a change from the inside out. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, you know, the world tries to pressure us. And with, with our teenagers, we always talk about it as being peer pressure. That the peers around us expect you to behave a certain way, expect you to follow a certain path, expect you to see things the same way they do. And when you don't, you might get ridiculed. You, they've got different ways of applying pressure to t- kind of make you the norm. If you're going to live for Jesus Christ, you can't give in to that pressure. If you're going to make decisions of faith, You're going to stand for Christ. You're going to stand on what's right. You're going to stand for God and not give in to the pressures of the world around you. And I dare say that I think that if we interviewed every adult within here, peer pressure doesn't end at 19. It's not just for teenagers. There's a pressure that comes from adults too. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to feel approved. But you know what? The world and God are at such odds that you really have to pick who you're going to be approved by. Are you going to seek to be approved by the world? Are you going to seek to be approved by God? It's by faith that these people are commended by God. And lastly, but this one is not a refusal. Everything else we've seen in in this passage has been a refusal. But in this case, we see a pursuit. The faith pursues the reward. And that's exactly what it says about Moses. It says at the end of verse 26, For he was looking to the reward. It's, it's, it's ironic because everybody looking for a reward in that day, the best place to find a reward is the palace in the land of Egypt. Not the reward he's looking for. best place for Moses to find this reward, out of the palace, outside of it. This goes back to verse 6. And without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. I remember for years, I thought I was a Christian because I believed God existed. Even the devil knows God exists. But it's not just believing that He exists, but that He rewards. And it's about making the decision to pursue that reward. To pursue that relationship in Christ. To say that Christ, what you have to offer is what I want. The world can go away. with what The world, all that it has to offer, it can go away. What you have to offer, that's what I want. That's faith. And that's what Moses was doing. He wasn't pursuing the palace. He wasn't pursuing the pleasures in the palace. He was pursuing Christ. He refused the rest of it. He refused the prestige. He refused the pleasures. He refused the perspective of the world. He refused the pressures that would try to force him into that mold. He refused all of that. And he gave it all up for the pursuit of the reward that is in Jesus Christ. You know, that's where we got to come to. That's, that's what faith is. You're saying that, just recognizing that Christ is better. He's better than anything the world has to offer. It's better than any pat on the back you're going to get from the world. It's better than any pleasure that you're going to get to participate in for a little time in the world. It's, it's better than the perspectives of the world. It's better than all of it. Christ is better. That's the decision of faith. A, no matter what the world is pushing at us, that we make a decision that embraces Jesus Christ. You ever see that movie, Chariots of Fire? Uh, Eric Liddell was an Olympic runner. Uh, He was set to compete in 1924 Olympics in the 100-meter dash. And he was favored to win it heavily. But the scheduling that came out a few months before, had that on Sunday. And that went against his principles. He said that was his... That was his rest. That was his Lord's Day. And so he wouldn't run on Sunday. And so he chose not to run in the race that they figured he was unbeatable in. He gave it up. He also ran in the 400 meter, and he was not favored to win that race. He had respectable times for his country, but not for internationally. But it was interesting. Before the race, somebody handed him a note. It was a it was a Bible, Bible verse, and a, a paraphrase of it, and it says, those who honor me, I will honor. And he got such inspiration from that note that when he ran the 400 meter, he took off like it was a sprint. He pushed it as a sprint for the entire race all the way around. He was pursued in the backstretch, but not caught. So he got a gold medal in the 400 meter race, which he was not <laughs> expected to win. Now, whether or not you agree with what he did or didn't do on the Sabbath day, is kind of beside the point here. Think of how elite an gold, Olympic gold medal is. He didn't care about the prestige or what the world had to offer. In fact, afterwards, he would go to the mission field back in China. He would end up in an in a internment camp uh, to the Japanese where he would die at the age of 43. So you look at that guy and pass on the gold medal that was pretty much a sure deal, go spend his life on the mission field, invest it there, and die early. Did he win or did he lose? He won. That's the kind of winning we want to do in our life as we walk out that door here today.